Welcome back to the weekly roundup with the PSN coaches. On this side, I got Mike Russo. On that side, I got Jennifer Silbernagel. I'm Dylan Silbernagel. This is a show where we talk all things real estate with realtors in mind. We are talking about what we're seeing in the industry, what we're seeing in the market, uh, what we're seeing in our coaching program. You're looking at about 40 agents in one, another 30 in another. So 70 agents any given week that are you know doing transactions and what they're coming across. So that is what we like to talk about. Today, specifically, we're talking about getting leverage in your business. And Mike, I'm going to throw it to you because I know we've been we've been going through the shift book kind of on and off pretty consistently throughout this year as we've noticed that shift in the market, right? And so it's buckling yeah. down and taking a look at these strategies and principles and making sure that our business is kind of bulletproof in that sense as much as it can be in a in a transition. So, you know, why don't we just start there? Why don't we talk about how your experience has been, you know, as you've been using those principles as a guiding light, you know, moving your business forward? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it is a great lesson. So obviously tactic number three is uh, this, in essence, it's doing more with less and then it's kind of all about the leverage, right? So um, the importance of having leverage in your business, number one. But number two, and I think this is the part that's really messed out on a lot, is like the first part of the sentence says, doing more with less, right? So a lot of us, as our business starts to grow, we start to invest a lot more resources, a lot more stuff into God knows what, right? All these different things that we can do. Um, and so when that when the market does shift, so does our, um, or so should our business plan, right? Mm-hmm. And by doing that, we need to reassess what can we do with less. Um, and so, and so like, just, this, just to jump yeah. in real quick, I think it, it might be helpful to outline some of what those costs could look like for an agent. Maybe you yeah. really upgraded your CRM. Maybe you're spending a lot on an admin or social media ads or extra like ancillary business that are helping you out in terms yeah. of that, even it might be your cost per sale. Like maybe you've been spending a lot of money on your cleaning services, a lot of money on your extra drone footage or marketing materials, making sure that all those are still in line with, uh, with what you need to do to sell that house and run your yeah. business. Well, that's exactly it. Like some of the most, some of the biggest areas that agents will spend money, um, is on lead generation. So mm-hmm. when they start, when, when money starts flowing in a lot more, they'll start spending more money on lead generation methods that they are more hands off on. So for example, you'll have online leads, Facebook ads, stuff like that, that start coming to them more organically. This increases the cost of your lead by a lot, right? So if you have a database lead that it costs you very little to maintain that versus a social media lead that costs you maybe 10 bucks per lead or whatever that might look mm-hmm. like, it's a heavy, heavy cost. Um, and so that's one of the easiest ways that you can cut back on or you know trim off to really make sure your business is running a little bit smoother um, and you're doing more with less. So for example, if you're just strictly paying for social media ads, maybe it's time to reassess your business and say, can I do the same task but not spend as much, right? Can I go door knock an area and farm an area and get the same result but not have to spend maybe my money but more so my time, mm-hmm. right? Um, which can obviously help the bottom, uh, the bottom line. Um, that's the biggest thing that I always take away from this tactic, but not only that, but the leverage side of it, right? So when we are running a successful real estate team or our team is building up and we're feeling really good, we start investing in different avenues. Um, sometimes we'll bring on team agents. Sometimes we'll bring on admin. Um, and these are things that cost a lot of money. And so we want to make sure that when times get tough, that these things are still operating at a high level and making the return worth it, right? So setting that return, understanding what that return looks like for you 
and making sure that that uh, works. Because during these times, everybody needs to be hands on deck, right? It, it becomes a lot more difficult to do stuff. And if you don't have that great talent working with you, then maybe it's time to cut it, right? I don't yeah. want to tell anybody to fire anybody, but that is kind of the, the reality. I think on that note, it's important to acknowledge that we never want to cut the things that got us here, right? It's usually the bloat that we add on as we're going because we found a few things that made us really successful. And then we were adding in items to gain some of that leverage. Some worked, some didn't, but the times were good. So we didn't really worry about it as much. Um, or maybe they were working in a different avenue. And so, Jen, I know that's something that we talk a lot with our advanced guys is like, yeah, we want to be mindful of our budget, but we don't want to cut the things that got us here, right? Yeah. And sometimes it is that, you know, it is that admin, it is that coach, it is that, maybe it is that print advertising that you've been doing, or it is your hard copy marketing because you've been farming an area so much. And if you're getting a lot of business from your farm, we want to make sure that we're not cutting those items. So, so Jen, what does it look like when you have those discussions with an agent about making sure like, yeah, we want to trim and be prepared, but also at the same point, we don't want to cut what got us here and what's working. Yeah. Um, it, it's usually interesting because when you start the initial conversation, the general reaction from everybody, from the brokerage side, from the, the agent side, from the team side, it's kind of the same conversation across the board because at every level we're having the same discussion, right? Because that's, that's just your business management. Yeah. And everybody automatically looks at what's the biggest expense that they have, whether it's office space, it's salaries and overheads, or it's, you know, lead generation or something along those lines. It's usually one of those areas and they automatically want to cut that piece. But in reality, you really do need to sit down and, and kind of do a bigger, big picture audit because the last thing you want to do is, is, and the part in the book and that I love is when they talk about, you know, finding the right talent. So when you are looking for leverage and doing more with less, the key to that, the secret to that is the people you're doing it with. It's the talent and the team you hire and your training systems, right? How are you training them? How effective are they? Do they have the same mindset as you? So bringing in someone who's a fit, who's hired, who's trained, who's efficient, and then cutting them because they're the biggest output you have makes zero sense when you pull out and actually look at how your business functions. But most people initially automatically think they need to cut their admin or they need to cut their coaches or they need to cut whatever it is. Um, what ends up happening is when you start to look at all the different areas, the, the little pieces add up significantly more so than we think, because it's like, you know, that daily Starbucks. Well, it's like seven bucks a day or whatever the stupid price of coffee is at Starbucks. But people justify it because it's only seven bucks a day. But when you look at seven bucks a day over 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, 120 days, all of a sudden you're getting into the hundreds of dollars that you could be saving. And it could be something as little as that times 10 in your business that actually add up to save you thousands of dollars a month, right? So it's more about doing an actual full-blown analysis of your business and audit, as we would say, and making sure that we understand how our leverage is working, what's the part that's vital to keep our business pumping and our, the blood flowing in our business and keep us active. Because if you cut that, you're, you're in trouble, right? And oftentimes our admin is the life source of our business, our database management, our, you know, deal pay processing, all of the things that we don't have to do because someone else is doing them and doing them well. If you cut that out, all of that goes back on you. And you, you got rid of it for a reason at the beginning. It's either you weren't good at it or you hated doing it. 
usually both of those are combined. Um, and then oftentimes it's because you had so much business, you didn't have time to do it, which is the right time to hire, by the way, on a side note, when you have too much business, you don't have time to do those things. That's when you should hire that person. Um, but it comes down to, you know, having the right people and then truly understanding how your business works and what pieces are required versus what pieces are luxuries or wants versus needs being the other way to have that conversation. So that, I love that. yeah, that combo usually looks like that. It's a bit of a roller coaster. Um, and then it's a, it's an analysis and a deep dive. Yeah. And, so and the one thing I want to add in there, sorry, Dylan, to cut you off there is that sometimes when you're reflecting on your business, you also have to reflect upon yourself as well to make sure that am I living up to the standards that I've set up for my own team and my own business. So for example, a perfect world example is me personally, I don't convert very well at open houses. I just not my thing. I'm not, I'm very much numbers based. Open houses is very much personalizing, talking to people, just not my greatest thing. So if I spent the entire year going, I'm just gonna, I gotta master the open house. I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. It might just be time wasted versus maybe hiring someone onto your team that absolutely kills at an open house and having them run your open houses, right? Yeah. That might be a small cost, but it might net you more money at the end of the year because of the uh, the opportunity loss that you, I would have had if I did it all year versus somebody else that you would hire onto your team that's better at doing that, right? And there's, I know there's some six basic um, topics that they kind of highlight in this chapter. And I want to throw it a little bit to you here, Dylan, because it, it always talks about getting back to the basics. Um, and the basics are number one, being lead generating, capturing and converting to appointments, right? Number two, presenting to buyers and sellers and get agreements. Number three, showing buyers and marketing sellers. Number four, write, uh, write and negotiate contracts. Number five, coordinate the sale to closing. And six, managing the money. At no point in that was there anything else that we do in our business that we add on, right? Everything else that we add on to our business is outside of those six core items that we need to focus on every single day. Um, and Dylan, I just wanted to kind of throw it to you to talk a little bit about why that is so important that we stick to those six main things. Yeah, and I love that the book is there for us to use as a tool because even just hearing those six items, you just get reminded like when people say like, oh, you got to get back to the fundamentals, you got to do money producing tasks, right? Well, yeah. there they are. It's that simple. If you just focused on those six things, you'd be in great shape, right? And so moving your way through those, obviously the focus on lead generation and converting to that appointment in whatever form you want to do, right? Like Mike, you've talked a little bit about open houses and noticing a weakness there. You know, if, if I look back at, you know, when I used to do a lot of cold calling, wasn't always my greatest strength. I, I made a lot of my money at the beginning, built up my database a lot through open houses. That was where right. I was able to shine, right? And so, yeah. Yeah. like you said, acknowledging where you're spending your time is important. And as coaches, we don't particularly mind too much which method you choose as long as you're consistent in it but also that it's a method that allows for enough conversations, okay. right? Like if you're saying, I love doing face-to-face -face and, you know, I do, I'm great at booking coffees with people and that's all great, but I only do two a day and I don't do them five days a week, right? So say on you know, the four days, well, that's great. You had eight conversations, but is that enough to sustain your business, right? And a lot of the time, the, the simple answer there is that it isn't. So we don't mind which method you choose, provided it's giving you enough conversations to break down to what we feel is a, a reasonable conversion number to appointments for you. And we use numbers from the millionaire real estate agent as examples because they have great conversion numbers there. If you don't have your own, we will use those as a baseline. But at the end of the day, as long as you're getting the conversations out there, then we just need to focus on like, okay, I'm converting to an appointment. 
at an appointment, I'm doing my consultation, and my goal there is to get a contract signed, right? And right. then we just go through and do our job. We're not worried about that new thing that's on Facebook, that new thing that's on Instagram. I'm not worried about how do I create a script for this? How do I do a video for that? How do I make exactly. sure this is all updated? Like, that's all moot. We're just talking about getting back to the fundamentals. And I think that, you know, one of the, I think there's multiple times in, in my career, and I know Jen's as well, where we've reminded ourselves that we have to go back to the basics. But one of them most recently for us was COVID. Like when everything shut down, just going back right. to database care calls. And we felt that slow churn as everything was not kind of, you know, certain. But then as soon as everything got rolling through all those conversations and through people then reaching back out to us because we thought of them in their time of need, now they were yeah. thinking of us when it was their time of excitement, ready to make those moves. And so yeah. I think that even if you just look back at like, as long as I'm engaging with people, especially your database, people that already know, like, and trust you, you're in great shape. And then we make sure that we're adding in that new lead generation to continue to feed that database. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's exactly going back to the basics, right? And, and that is as simple as following your schedule, sticking to your routine, because the consistency will outperform anything else, right? It will always, you will always come back down to the consistency, right? I always talk about this, but it's that Nike swoop, that constant, you want that little upper part of the swoop where it's that, that easy, uh, predictable business, right? And that comes through consistency and sticking to the main things. And actually funny enough, an hour ago, I booked an appointment for a, a listing consultation for uh, Thursday. And the only time the lady had was 930 in the morning, which is a big no, no in my schedule. It's like, that is my lead generation time. That's when I talk to people. It's the only time that she could work. So I booked it in, I got off the phone and I literally said to myself, I'm disgust. Like, I'm like, I'm like mad that i just did that. And I actually called her back and we rescheduled it for a different time. That was better. And I actually worked out to be tomorrow. Now I'm going to meet with her, but I'm meeting with her at one o'clock as opposed to nine 30. Right. Because I was like, I just, I can't do this. This is not, it bugged me that much that I had to physically call her back and rechange it because it was just yeah. the thought of it. I got excited that she wanted me to come over. I thought, an okay, appointment. This is great. What yeah. time works? She said Thursday. I said, excellent. Thursday works for me. And I, I did the one thing that I don't normally do, but I let her dictate the time mm. instead of normally, I always typically say Thursday, I have two o'clock or three o'clock. This time I said, Thursday, what time works for you? And she <laughs> said, nine 30. And I was like, damn it. And <laughs> where's Christian? You can yeah. you know. bring it back to the basics, right? Yeah. Go back to the basics. This is the way that we operate. This is the way that the system runs. This is how, this is why it runs this way, right? Because if I do that at nine 30, the rest of my day is now thrown off because now I'm missing on that lead gen time that I would have had. Um, I think something that can't be, can't be missed there is the effect that it had on you because it wasn't in alignment with where your mindset is. And right. the biggest challenge, you know, you and I have talked about this, you know, mindset is that buzzword now that it almost doesn't mean anything anymore because people are talking about it so much. But this is the power of it is a lot of agents would have just been like, Nope, I'm good. I got my appointment. I don't need to worry about it. And that's how easy it is to fall off track. And then, you know, it's a sliding scale. There's people in there that would have got off that phone and be like, okay, crap, you know, I, I did that wrong, but maybe I can replace that lead gen. I'll put it in a different time, which is, you know, it's okay as well. But then yeah. the, the bulletproof mindset that you had there where you're like, no, that's, that's just not in alignment with my business plan, the way I oh, focus on the time. Yeah. 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 And so to call back and, and rebook that, 
with that same mindset, that's what propels you to do your lead generation every day. So you like the Nike swoop. I like the idea of just, it's a compound effect. If I'm adding five and yeah. 20 every day, what does that look like? If I'm that consistent, if I do it within, you know, the whole year of that, right. And the MREA teaches that you can have a million dollar database within a year. If you just follow those things every yeah. single day. Right. So, 100%. I, and it's I'm, that system, right? It comes back to the system. This is our system. This is the way that we operate. And when you break the system, things break, right? So <laughs> it's it's making sure that you're not breaking the system. And, and it's going back and reflecting on your system, right? There's certain things that, you know, when, when times become tough and the, you know, the shift happens and you need to, you know, kind of reevaluate everything, you also have to reevaluate your systems as well, right? And you have to cut maybe something that's a little bit unnecessary or something that might be a luxury because it's not maybe getting you the results that you might need at this time, right? So you go back to your systems and you reflect on that. And this is our, this is our lead generation system. This is the time we do it every single day. This is how it operates. And we're not going to sway from that, right? And the minute that we do, I'm not going to feel it on Thursday when I go up to the nine o'clock appointment, but I'm going to feel it down the road when I know I'm missing out on some certain numbers that I need to hit, yep. right? Yep. That's when it starts to reflect in my business, which again, creates a lasting effect three months from now, not just today. So that's when it starts to hurt. Yeah. It reminds me of, um, I've been listening to the book, The Road Less Stupid by Keith Cunningham. He's a big business guy. I love that book. It's like my, I think I'm on my third time through right now. But the chapter that I'm on, and it's kind of like Atomic Habits as well. He's talking about um, the roadblocks that people have around these types of conversations because everybody gets stuck on doing it perfectly, right? And you know, we kind of talk about it and you could even take the conversations we have. We, we talk more about our wins than our losses. And we talk more about what's working than what's not working. It doesn't mean there's not a counterbalance to that conversation. It's just that we're sharing the the stuff that we know is, is working to try and help other people. And sometimes that trait generates the story of perfection that, you know, you have to be so good at it. Like Mike, you're an anomaly in a way and I love it so much about you, how dedicated you are to that lead gen time. Most mm -hmm. agents struggle with that. You, you were just, it was just ingrained in you from like when you were a baby realtor and it's just, <laughs> it's your habit, right? And it's true. Yeah. It's just your habit. And even when we started coaching and we talked about shifting and doing yeah. more as well as um, cold calling, you had a hard time with that conversation. Yeah, that was tough. Yeah, that was, I don't, it, I don't love those days. Yeah, that was a tough time. Well, opposite for you right and you kept falling back into your old habit and until you built that new routine but he's talking about that in, in in that book and he says that you know we talk about making big changes and and having to shift everything and cut things and do this and do that but the reality of it is like we we just need to figure out how to do something like 10 percent differently five percent differently and the example he gives is southwest airlines and how they run at such a high profit margin when they have such a minimal service. And if you've ever flown with Southwest, like they don't, you know, they don't have first class, they don't have business, they're a very basic airline, they don't even give seating, it's like first come first serve, and yeah. you kind of line up and get on the plane. But what happened was they realized by studying the different business models of different airlines that the key to a profit margin in the airline industry is the speed at which you can get people on and off a plane. That's the key, that one small huh. piece. And when they figured that out, they realized if they just focused on that piece, that their profit and their business would grow exponentially. And that's what they did. And they stripped out all the rest of it. And they went literally back to basics. Here's a plane, here's a seat, 
come and get on it and get off it at your destination. That's it. Right. And wow. they're, they have the biggest profit margin because of it. And they it just all we're, everything we're talking about is reminding me of that. I just don't want people to get caught up in the concept of needing to do everything perfectly. Find the piece that is going to have the biggest impact on your business, whether it's cutting expenses, it's increasing leads, or it's you know getting better conversion on your leads or whatever that might look like, managing your schedule better, which is a big one, especially for new agents. And just double down on doing that better. 10% better. That's it. It will completely shift your business. Um, and then like you guys said too, just cut out all the noise, right? Keep it clean. And That's one simple. of the, yeah, at the end of the chapter, they talk about running a lean business, right? Don't have a lot of overheads. Don't have a lot of extra stuff. You really don't need it in real estate. It's relationship. It's conversation. How many people are you talking to a day? That's it. And then yeah. all you need to run your business. It's not, it doesn't have to be expensive, right? So anyway, it just reminded me of all of that. So I love that. It sounds like a good book. I should probably pick that one up. Excellent. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Yeah. I, I love that, Jen. And there was, you know, I was meeting with somebody today and we were looking at CRMs. And, you know, there's a there's a lot of things that a CRM can do for you that can get you bogged down. But if you just look at it as that one that one lens, for example, like how is my CRM helping me talk to more people a day, right? Is it through organizing to make sure that I'm on on, on top of my calls? Is it helping me lead generate? Am I running ads through it? Like, what does that platform do for you? And if you just shifted that lens to say, okay, I'm going to look at my CRM as a way to just make sure that I'm having as many conversations as I can, as I should be with the people in my database or bringing new people into it, it's a whole new look at it as opposed to like, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm spending so much time in here. I'm updating contact cards. I know who does this and does that. Mike and I did a referral webinar um, last two weeks ago now, I think, where we talked about the importance of categorizing your people and knowing a lot about them, which is which is amazing. And, and it's something that our team lives by. But at the same point, you can't get lost in that stuff, right? You get, you gotta You can't have information for information's sake. You can't have a tool for the sake of having the tool. You can't have this bloat that we're talking about in your business just because it's bright and shiny and whatnot. If it's not helping you towards that end goal, then you got to cut it or you got to look at it differently. How do I look at this tool that I've got currently and make sure that it is helping me have more conversations or convert to more appointments mm -hmm. or convert to more signed contracts, right? And I think that um, as we've learned, even with Mike today through his story of the importance of mindset is if you just make one of those little shifts, some of those tools that you already have and that are using will go a lot further. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. All right, guys. Well, I want to thank everybody for joining us today. If you want to reach out to us, you can find us on uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube at PSN coaching. Um, yeah, that's, that's the main places. You'll also find us on Spotify, Apple podcasts, all that stuff. There should be no shortage of a way to reach out to us. Um, and thank you so much for joining us. And we will see you again next week. Bye for now. Bye.